Here's a head scratcher for you. The American Academy of Pediatrics just updated their guidance to say that kids with lice should not be sent home. They say the little creepy crawlies have a low transmission rate and that the stigma and psychological harm caused by missing school outweighs the risk to other kids. But no, you still can't borrow my scrunchie. This is Pulse Check. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. This week, the latest vaccine monitor survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation found that half of the public has heard little or nothing about the new COVID-19 booster aimed at Omicron, and many don't know whether the CDC even recommends that they get the new booster. In case you're wondering, yes, you should get the new booster. In Ohio, a judge has extended a temporary pause on the state law prohibiting abortions after about six weeks of pregnancy. That means abortions can continue in the state until October 12th under the new court order. Now, my colleague Krista Marr is here to talk about something that mm, makes me a little nervous, honestly. Antibiotic-resistant infections, microbes, and what Congress and the drug industry should do about it. It's a big problem. I've been reporting on this for a while in different parts of the world, and this is something globally that is a leading cause of death. It kills 1.7 million people a year. And in the U.S., it kills about 50,000 people a year. You know, it's a major problem in the U.S. healthcare system, but also a really big problem globally that, you know, impacts lower income countries more. And I mainly have heard about this issue through my reporting on STDs. Antibiotic-resistant gonorrhea is a growing problem. But where else is this an issue? What other kinds of infections are part of this problem? Yeah, I mean, drug-resistant gonorrhea is something that they're working really hard on right now. But it honestly, it affects almost every part of healthcare. So respiratory infections, bloodstream infections, UTIs cardiac issues, bone infections. I mean, it's a really widespread problem, which recently the person in charge of um, antimicrobial resistance at the CDC told me that's kind of part of the reason why it's hard for policy to get created to fix it, because it's just kind of across the healthcare system. And why, why is it so bad? Why aren't the antibiotics we currently have enough to combat the microbes that are out there and why aren't better ones being developed? Well, to the first part of the question, there are kind of two things happening. One is that antibiotics are widely overprescribed and misused in the U.S. and all over the world. And the other thing that's happening is that not only do but these superbugs get resistance once you kind of keep hitting them with antibiotics, they also are like passing resistance onto each other. So they've actually mutated and now are transmitting resistance. The second part of the question is that it's really, really expensive to develop anti new powerful antibiotic drugs. And the market by definition, is limited because you can't overuse them. So you have these companies trying to create these drugs. It takes 10, 12 years to make them. And at the end of the day, the whole point is not to sell too many of them. So that is a really difficult financial environment for companies to operate in. So you are reporting on Congress 
attempting to fix the problem, attempting to fix, you know, the messed up financial incentives that you just described, make it more <laughs> attractive for drug companies to invest on this front, even if they don't make a giant profit off of it. But it sounds like things are not going well on Capitol Hill for that effort. You know, there's a bipartisan group of lawmakers who are trying to get this bill sort of passed by the end of the year. And the way that this bill works is quite interesting. It basically creates a sort of subscription model so that it would pay drug makers who come up with antibiotics we need for their drugs. And then maybe the U.S. puts them in the stockpile. They get given to Medicare patients for free. So it's, you know, it creates kind of a financial incentive for these companies to do their work. However, as you can imagine, it is expensive. Um, it's an $11 billion bill over 10 years. And that is not something that is hugely popular in the current environment and probably not going to be popular in the next Congress either, considering, as you've reported, the environment that we have for healthcare spending in Congress right now. Right. We, uh, we can't even get funding to keep giving free COVID shots, let alone address this, this more entrenched problem. Right. I mean, this is a pro you know, COVID is right in front of us still, something we all have dealt with in a very critical and acute way for two full years of our lives, more than that. This is something that is a little bit more abstract to people, even though it's just as kind of like embedded in our healthcare system as COVID is. Well, really interested in your reporting on this, and we'll keep watching as Congress continues to try on this front going into December. All right, let's see what happens. Thanks for having me, Alice. Politico has recently revamped its future Pulse newsletter, so it's now daily. It covers the convergence of healthcare and technology, but with a wider lens. And guess what? This podcast is also daily, every day. So tune in tomorrow, okay? And one of Future Pulse's writers, our own Ruth Reader, has forecasted four consequential trends that she's following that will affect healthcare's future. That's right. I've got four trends for you. Okay, I'm going to give myself 60 seconds to get through this. Start the timer. Okay, there are three trends at the top that sort of are interwoven. Primary care is really important and has become a focus for a lot of institutions thinking about the future of health. We know that if we focus on just taking care of our everyday health, our basic like diabetes, hypertension, making sure that our blood pressure, our weight, our blood glucose is in check, then down the road, we're going to have better health outcomes, right? So to do that, we're integrating at-home care, which is for people who already have a chronic illness like diabetes or hypertension, that means having a glucometer, having a blood pressure cuff at home, and more regularly interacting with your doctor over text message and other ways, just making sure that you're regularly checking in with your doctor. Value-based care is a form of payment that basically would incentivize your doctor to deliver more care at, I've lost it, I was so close though. <laughs> I absolutely did not make it within the time allotted, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Value-based care essentially is a payment model where your doctor gets paid per patient per month, a set fee, like $100 a month, to take care of all of your healthcare needs. That pairs with this idea of like getting primary care to the right place, because if you have a chronic disease like diabetes or hypertension, 
Your doctor can more effectively use that money every month to help you meet the health goals that you want and ultimately improve your health. And then finally, there's AI. The big thing with AI is that health systems are overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed during the pandemic. They're overwhelmed now. And in order to help doctors do a better job with your care, health systems are thinking about employing artificial intelligence to do everything from taking doctor's notes to, you know, just honestly making their financial records better and surfacing important key health indicators to doctors about a patient at the right time so that they don't have to do that themselves. All in all, these four trends are what health systems are focusing on now. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. 